So without further ado, I'm going to call up uh, Miss Amy, or John and Amy, and we're going to see what they have on tap for us today. Amen. So please welcome Good morning. Yeah. So during the, when Fred just had us kind of quiet down and listen to what Papa is saying, I just saw, I saw a picture of of a wagon train. Is Michelle here? I just want to make sure you hear this too. But um, old, an old Western wagon train, like Oregon Trail type stuff. And uh, I just, I just saw uh, these, these. Wagons that all were are represented by families in this, in this house, and I just I felt like there's just been a season here of of circling the wagons, and I think it's been a, a real sweet place actually. It's been a place just of healing and gathering resources and and preparing for for what is next. And um, I just I just really felt like in the spirit though that um, the wheels are beginning to spin. The wheels are beginning to turn again, and I, I just feel like there's a there's a, a forward progress that's t- being taken place in this season. And I actually saw a picture, kind of like I don't know, like this panoramic camera, kind of going through of all the wagon trains, and and everybody was I don't know the sound you're making. You want to make a horse go? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And I just felt like in, in succession, each family in this house was was doing that. I just and and, and in, in, in this. This vision that I had, I just, I just felt like that sound, the, the yah, <laughs> um, just became worship. And I, I just, I just believe there's something breaking out in praise and worship in this house that's actually, that's actually creating a forward momentum of what's just happening in this next season. I think there's, there's a movement. Um, sometimes the circling of the wagons is a safe, com- a little more safe and comfortable place, um, but and, and getting out on the trail isn't always that. Um, but he never promised us safe and comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know I was going to get an amen on that one. <laughs> he actually never promised us safe and comfortable. He promised us an adventure, and he and he and he promised that he would always be with us, and he always promised us that there would be joy, um, because because we are a joyful people, and he is a good God. And so I just released the the joy and the journey, um, as as this house is is the wheels are starting to move forward and, and, and heading down the trails. Lord, I just bless that over this place. Lord God, I thank you for what's breaking out in praise and worship. And Lord, we just call it forth. And, and Lord, the, the momentum that is in this house, Lord God, uh, by each family represented here as a whole, Lord God, I just call it blessed. And I just thank you for what you're doing here. And it's exciting, and it's an adventure, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be about territory. And Lord, I just uh, give you all the praise and honor for that. So, yeah. 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 That's the Hebrew word for God. Yeah. And you remember Moses, when he went forth, he said, I will not go forth unless you go with me. And so that yah, he's going with you. So that's good, baby. Yeah. All right. My mama and my dad. Yeah. My mom and dad have a couple things they're going to release this morning before we get started. So. And I get to be first. Good morning, everybody. So delighted to be here. Oh, my goodness. So much fun. And I know God's doing great things in all of our hearts as we sit with our hands open and waiting 
because we know that he is good. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, just a minute. How many of you said the prayer, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food? We did that every meal. Okay? Well, y'all need to get a hold of this. God is great. Is there any doubt? I mean, he made all of this. Johnny tells us about Genesis 1 and 2. Now that's great. And he is good. And I think I had a harder time getting a hold of that as an all-the-time thing growing up. But I've got it now. He is good and he's good all the time. And then it says, let us thank him for our food. That's grateful. Good, great, and grateful. That prayer will change your life. Mm -hmm. And it was simple. It was childish, really. But aren't we to become like children? So I'm just going to read you one little verse here that you already know and you've read a thousand times and this is out of Psalm 23 6 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord how long ever and we read that but it has to impact us we've got to hear it we've got to feel it we've got to know it and thank you this morning guys for singing about how good he is I thought well there's a confirmation (laughs) so and then one other verse and I'm going to tell you as you go through Psalms goodness and greatness are there over and over and over and I've just gone in circles my Bible has lots of colors and lots of circles in it because I want to remember, when I, when I look at the page, I want it to hit me about his goodness. And so Psalms 104, I'd read the whole thing, but Amy wouldn't have time to talk. But the very first verse, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. And then it goes on to really reiterate the creation story. It's a powerful chapter. And bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You need to talk to yourself. I've heard that only crazy people do that. Well, that'd be us, wouldn't it? (laughs) We do talk to ourselves. And he is, God is great. God is good. And let us thank him for our food. Amen. Amen. Is great. You know, I was just, uh, Amy texted us this morning and said, Do you have anything on your heart? What I had on my heart was something I probably should have done last night as we were writing all those little things on our paper and posting them all over our face. I love that. You know, I got one from, and I don't even remember who gave it to me, but it so touched me because of. What I learned at, at camp, for one thing, and who, who was out at Montana? I know a couple of folks. We heard a lot about, from Katie Souza about life, didn't we? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? Ever since then, the Lord has been, I want you to do a search on light. I want you to understand my heart in this word. You know what the guy gave me last night? Bringer of light. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me weak. (laughs) But you know what? We are all filled with light. God is light. And Jesus said in Matthew, we are, you, you know, how did he put this? He said, you are the light of the world. Go and share it. I'm paraphrasing. Matthew 5, 16, look it up for the exact. <laughs> but you know what? God is good and everyone in this place has the light. To sh- and you need to be a bringer of the light. And I'm excited for this place, friend, because of the, the, the words that have been spoken, but there is a, a destiny of your bringing light to this area, to this region, to this, to this state. Yes. So I just commend you for that. And I thank God for, for the guy that gave me this because I am renewed and this, this will happen. I haven't gotten a chance to do the Bible study yet, but I will. Yeah. Before I jump in this morning, and I'm like really eager to, we were just going to share a little, a little, yeah, we were going to show you our, (laughs) our latest family picture. This was at our daughter Emma's wedding, and Lucy is one month old and one day in this picture. She is now 13 and a half months old, and deliciousness, I wish I could put up a video of her laughing, because it's the cutest thing ever, um. And our favorite thing is our Lucille has some, she is in need of a liver transplant. And so it's been a a journey this past year. Um, But actually the name Lucille means light. And so when we're sitting at camp and they're, you know, Katie Sousa is teaching about light and how that's the thing that transforms, that he is the light of the world. In him there is no darkness at all. And I'm like, that is my girl's name. That's the place she sits and rests in. She is a bringer of light. She is called that. That's what my son named her. And um, it's very, it makes me very happy. So Lucy is deliciousness. And then the, the two newlyweds are now, we, on, we are leaving here tomorrow to go load the truck to move them back home. And my mama heart is... My mama heart is overjoyed. I never, I never dreamed. So I never dreamed. I thought if we could just get them in the state of Minnesota, I would have been happy. We live in the middle of nowhere to think that they're, they're going to be where I go to buy groceries. That's where they're going to live. I mean, it's just above and beyond. So pretty fun stuff. So anyway, and then we over when during the COVID go nowhere, we got two of our courses online. And so our powerhouse family course, which is really the our our key passion for family, is contained in this course. And we just really exhort you to utilize this online resource. You can do it just as a family, or you can do it as a group. And um, it has, um, I think we recorded at the Josiah Center. You guys all know Dave and Julie. They were just here. We recorded the course at the Josiah Center. It comes with, I think there's eight eight courses or like DVDs in this and it has a a workbook and there's a leader's guide if you decide to do it as a group 
And then we also put together our... I think that Superman guy looks a little bit like Pastor Fred Garcia. He kind of does, doesn't he? A little bit. Don't you think? His, his, his grin is a little cheesier than yours, but... <laughs> besides that. And then we we have um, our marriage course. This this course changed my life. And I'm not, I'm not overstating that. The first time I heard my husband teach on marriage, and you know, you kind of get snippets of things as you're in conversation and talking... But when I sat and heard him pull it all together, I felt freedom rising up in me about being a woman. I didn't realize that I had religious bondage around me, C-R-A-P one might say, um, that I needed to have broken up. I had no idea. And this this is a, a must-listen-to course for anybody that's married in the church. So. I, I, it's kind of a, a suggestion. It's really do it. That's what I'm saying. Do it. Uh, you and your family will be forever changed. It's five sessions. There's workbooks, yeah. all the things. And we're even thinking for teenagers. Even you know, it's so much better to learn this actually before you get married. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many people say, "I wish I would have known this before I got married." Um, and so, even if you have teenagers, I would say you know, over the age of thirteen, yeah. completely appropriate. And, uh, and something that they should lean into as well. So It's been very fun as moms and dads. So both of our kids, before they got married, they all did the course of their own free will. And it's so fun to watch them walk in oneness just off the, off the bat. You know, Jake, yeah. and, Jake and Abby are like, yeah, well, we decided the purple hand, thank you, AC, <laughs> the purple hand decided because the Lord wants us to walk in oneness. We aren't a blue hand. And a red hand is separate walking through life just together. No, we form something completely unique. And it's the purple hand. And watching our children walk in oneness has been amazing. And it works really well for married people too. It's just usually accompanied with a little repentance. But that's a really good word. <laughs> repentance is not a swear word. It actually leads us into freedom. So anyway, I just highly recommend that to you. And we will get our parenting course done soon. Yeah. You can hold us accountable. We'll keep working on it. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. We keep doing it, and it's like, there's too much to say. I know. <laughs> yes. Who would do that? Who would do that? Yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> we had the biggest blizzard in the middle of April. We literally couldn't get home. <laughs> no? It was fun. I am uh, in my in middle of my second season of my my weekly podcast called Pushback, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. And this is all about culture because as family goes, thank you guys for paying attention. As family goes, so goes the culture. And we even sang this morning about his ways. Um, the definition of culture is the sum total ways of living passed down from generation to generation. And, and it's, it's the understanding that his ways are higher than our ways. Do we all agree with that? And so if that's true, his ways are higher than our ways, then his, we can take it to the bank. That when we connect to his ways and our culture connects to his ways, then it's going to be beneficial for everyone. We can find common ground in that. And, and my concern is, is that we get into these hard cultural topics and the church has kind of stopped talking about it. And, and, and we can't do that because we are the ones. We are the ones that bear light on this earth. And so we need to be able to interchange and inject ourselves into culture 
and be able to talk about it. And so every week I talk about just cultural issues, um, the things that affect the church, the things that affect the world, um, political issues and anything that's happening in these days. Um, talked about COVID and the election and all these different things um, because we need to be able to learn how to talk about it with honor. And, and we don't need to yell at each other and be angry at each other, but actually learn how to discuss it and have real conversations because we are the answer. We actually care. We're the ambassadors of heaven. And if we believe that, then we need to be the ones that actually bring it. So these are only about 25 minutes long, once a week, so they're easy to listen to. And I would love you just to connect to that. So pushbackculture.org. Pushbackculture.org has a YouTube link if you want to see my little smiling face. Um, but it's also just a podcast if you want to just listen as well. So I'd invite you to connect with that on a weekly basis. So questions? Yes. GoFam.org. GoFam.org will have the links and things that you can buy for our resources and the links for the courses themselves. So um, one of my favorite things that Johnny, when he's talking about honor, the, he always says honor doesn't mean agreement. And I think that's an important thing to get in our core guts as the church because there are so many things that are polarizing. How many of you experienced more polarization in the last year? You didn't know the church could fight about so many things, right? Because because suddenly our opinions became the driving force. And, and somehow we have got to become honor specialists where we can step into a place where we don't agree, but we can have a conversation from a place of respect and honor, trying to come to a consensus that is better for everybody. We have to stop dying on the sword of I must be right. When we let that die, then actually maybe we can bring some change. And so, as you know, as you weekly listen, you know, to Johnny's podcast on culture, you don't have to agree with them. We have to begin to have discussions and and conversations and say, well, he said this, I'm not sure. What do you think, kids? And talk about it around our dining room table so that our discussions become places filled with grace where we're actually all trying to figure out what Holy Spirit's saying about something. So it's time to stir up and let things stir because we put things on the back burner too long. How many of you know that the church is the answer to the world's problems? We have higher ways, right? It's called the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it's time we learn to tap into those places in respect, love, and honor. And it doesn't mean you agree with everything that your neighbor next to you in church says. They might be a mask wearer and you might not, and it's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's okay. Do you have anything else, baby? No, I'll just pray. Lord, we just, uh, we just bless the session. Lord, we just thank you that we could be together here on this Saturday morning and leaning into all that you have for us. Lord, I just uh, bless my wife and just uh, pray, Lord, that you anoint her lips for what you have, that she would just be a conduit of heaven as she plugs in and releases what you have for us today. In your name, amen. amen. All right, we are going to talk about one of my, I think I'm going to put this down or else go flying. Can I answer this, baby? I have a reputation with my phone. It doesn't need any more dropping. Um, We're going to talk this morning about the words tend and keep. Um, This last fall, our entire family actually got COVID. 
And we were we were sick for two solid weeks. Our entire quarantine, everybody got it. It was, you know, we were just sleepy people. <laughs> My mom would bring chicken noodle soup and place it at the door. <laughs> and I remember I ate it and I was like, man, she usually has better chicken soup than this. And then I ate leftovers three days later. And I'm like, there's the flavor. <laughs> it was my taste buds, mom. It wasn't the soup. <laughs> um, but we just, we were just kind of, you know, all the, the boys were playing Lego.com way too much laying on the floor of their bedroom. And I was in my room and I would kind of go between napping and then being at my desk, you know, just studying and praying. Our granddaughter, Lucille, was actually in the hospital over this time. And it was a sweet season where I had uninterrupted time to intercede over my granddaughter and um, just to lean into the things that the Lord was speaking to me. And I will, if I didn't have COVID, it was kind of like a vacation on a beach because as moms, we don't get isolated to our room and told to just lay still ever, you know? And so, you know, if I, if you could have just propped a palm tree up, I would have, I would have called it a little mini vacation because the Lord makes all things good. And, um, so in the middle of all of this, I, the words tend and keep began to just roll around inside of me because I, in November and December, I really start praying into the things that the Lord has for me in the coming year, because I want to be a girl that's listening to him and that, and that doesn't keep things from a past season and bring them into the next, but I know what's mine to bring forward. And so that it was the season that I was in is really praying over that. And, and I read Genesis two fifteen, and it said, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So here is God. And the, the verb here is put. He's strategic in his putting. He put Adam in the garden, put him there. And then he told them to tend and keep the garden that was around him. And I believe that he's done the same thing for each and every one of us. He has taken me, Amy Clausen, and he's put me in my little place of the middle of nowhere. And he has given me eight children, two, a daughter-in-law, a son-in-law, a husband, and a granddaughter that are mine to tend and keep. And then the the step out, and then there's more in my tending and keeping, and there's more in my tending and keeping. But he has given me my stuff. And so each and every one of you, if you're nine, like my daughter Sadie, she is placed in our home, and she has things that are hers to tend and keep. And um, as I begin processing this and thinking about this, the power of my yes began to kind of build inside of me. Because when I said yes to be a daughter of God and to his kingdom, I said yes to tend and keep that relationship. And then when I said yes to my husband, I said yes to spending in my life tending and keeping that relationship. When we together said yes, we're having children. I said a permanent yes to tending and keeping Jacob, Emma, Benjamin, Lydia, Maggie, Elijah, Silas, and Sadie. They are forever my yeses. And then when my sons and daughters said yes, I have a new yes named Abby and a new yes named Jacob and another yes named Lucille. And those are mine forever. So there are yeses that we have said that become our tending and keeping lists. And so when I think about, you know, those interruptions in my day where I have to stop what I'm doing and help one of my children, guess what? 
it's not an interruption because they actually are in the very first bubble of tend and keep. So anything else I'm doing is not as important as that. And so the Lord began to just wash over my mind the freshness of what he's actually given me. And so when I have to do laundry, it is not a nuisance. This is not disrupting what I'm called to do because my first yes is to my family. They are the ones that I've said yes to. And how many of you have jobs? There's more of you that have jobs. Put up your hands. Thank you. Um, You have said yes to that place of employment or that place of responsibility. And so when you get to go to work in the morning, it's not a nuisance. It is a yes that you've said in the kingdom of God. And you have said this is part of what I am going to tend and keep. So Ottawa County has a strong yes. A strong yes. And so it's as I began to think about what he's given me to do, the time that I have to do it, I suddenly felt it's it's almost like a freedom from the, the things that I feel are important to actually the, the things I've said yes to to tend and keep that he thinks very important too. He thinks me being a mom is one of the most important things I can do. And and yes, he's called me to other to other things as well. But they are not interruptions. Spending time with my husband is not, you know, a chore or I should do that. No, these are primary things that we have to take seriously. And so as I, I began contemplating all of that, I really like my um, my Bible Hub app. Anybody else have the Bible Hub app? It like It's like a one push button to all things what Hebrew and Greek words mean. And it's, it's a happy place. I love that we don't have to have those concordances that we lug around. You know, you've got them by your quiet time, and it's like the stack of books a mile deep. This little app on my phone does all the work. And I looked up what the word tend means in my little Bible hub app. And it's the Hebrew word is abad, and it means to, to work and serve, or to attend to by work, to look after, watch over, and care for, to minister to and to wait on with service. So those things that are mine to tend and keep, I get to minister to them, attend to them by work. Guess what? Work is not a bad word. Work is a blessing. It's actually Adam and Eve were given this beautiful place of tending and keeping the Garden of Eden, and so are we. And I feel like there's a freshness freshness that the Lord wants to release over us, that our yeses are the things that he's actually placed in our life. And now there are some yeses, like you might not have a job for 15 years. You might have it for three, and then the Lord switches your yes. And that's okay, because we want to stay in season. And then there are other yeses that are permanent, like our families. Those are permanent yeses that we always have. There's another word, um, sometimes you heard the, hear the word tend, talked about as like cultivate, and that word means to improve the growth by labor and intention. To improve the growth by labor and attention. That's a yummy word when I think about the things that are mine to tend and keep. Because what I do, and, and whether it's my dishes that need to be done, and I, I improve them, and help them by labor and attention, that's not a menial task. 
and kids, when you have chores and responsibilities and things that are yours to do, that's actually a blessing from God. You are learning to walk in a grace of learning to tend and keep what's yours as a child so that when you're an adult, you can step into manhood or womanhood in your adult um, life and say, yes, this is my labor. And it is a holy sanctified work because God's given me this to tend and keep. And when we have attitudes like this and we step into places um, of work, we step into grocery stores with an attitude of, hey, I have to get groceries and I'm tending and keeping as I go. We are actually those light bringers to every place we step. And the energy that seems to drape out of us suddenly stops. This is holy labor. What you've been given to tend and keep is a place of holy labor. Now, in Genesis, if you look in Genesis um, between chapters 1 through 4, every time the Hebrew word abad is used, it means to till or cultivate. After Genesis 4, it's used 20 times or so between Genesis 14 to Exodus chapter 1. And in that time, it is never used to mean till or cultivate. It's only used to mean serve or enslave. Now, the word's the same. The word given in the Garden of Eden to till and cultivate, tend and keep, suddenly switches in the culture. And this labor that once was seen as God-given suddenly becomes something that means to serve or enslave. That's what I thought. I went, wow. Because you know what? How we see our labor matters. So this, this is also good. Wait for this one. In Exodus, when the Lord was calling them out of Egypt, he used the word abad twice. And he's, I'm going to read you this. And I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. This is Exodus 6, 5. And so here, the word um, keep in bondage, there is a bod. So he's talking about the Egyptians enslaving the Israelites. And that's the word abad. Now listen, he uses it here too. And you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. That word, serve me in a wilderness, is abad. So here he is saying, you have been abodded to the Egyptians. And I have called you to serve me. It's the same word. It's the same word. We can, we can look at our tending as slavery, being enslaved to it, that it's a labor somebody else puts upon us, or we can look at it as something God given that he's actually calling us to. In, um, One moment, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Exodus 3.12, the Hebrew word abad is actually translated into worship. 
It's translated into worship. That actually our abad, our tending, is a place of worship to the Lord. So I am not um, overplaying this. When I say when I do laundry in my home, I am actually worshiping the Lord. My abad to the King of Kings is holy labor. And there is not one task, there's not one throw up on the floor that I can mop up that's unseen by heaven. And it is holy labor. It is holy. We are worshiping him when we step into that place of Abad. And it makes me happy. And so I feel like there is something that heaven is offering to us about labor, about work, about the things that are ours to till and to cultivate. And he wants to break up some of the shackles that the Israelites allowed, not only around their ankles, but around their souls to come off of us. It's time for our souls to be free to do our abad for the kingdom of God. And see it for what it is, worship. In this place of holiness. And it maybe doesn't look like we thought worship worship looks like. But it is. Colossians 3, 22-24 says, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. We all probably have that verse memorized. I think it's time for our spirits and souls to have it memorized. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. How many of you do manual labor for jobs? I knew Laura washes clothes, right? She does laundry. And it's holy work what Laura does. Laura has the position of influence where she works, that she physically gets her to lay her hands on things that other people would say, hmm, I'm too good for that. And she gets to put into those clothing the kingdom of God. So when the, when the royalty that is the elderly in the place of her care get to put them on, they are shrouded with holy garments because Laura is there infusing them with the kingdom of God. It's important work, what you do. It's important work. My son Benjamin is a janitor at our, my boys call it a janitor. He says it's custodial services at the hospital. And my son Benjamin has a holy job. Through COVID, he was the one going into the COVID section, disinfecting it for everybody's health and safety. His feet walk all over that hospital, taking territory for the kingdom of God. It's holy work that my Benjamin does. And if we have the honor and opportunity to be toilet cleaners, 
Let me see anybody who cleans toilets once a week at least. Put up the hands. My, my kids, get your hands up. Yeah. That is holy work. You are cleaning thrones. Yeah, it's tongue-in-cheek, but this is real, you guys. It says right here that we, and then the Lord God took the man, took Laura, and put her in this nursing home to tend and keep it. Strategic pudding is what he does. And where you have been put in this season, I guarantee you, as you relish the labor he's given you to do in this season, even if it's not a full dream of your heart, as you give yourself to it, you are positioning yourself for victory and advancement. I don't think Ottawa County Treasurer is her end game. Anybody agree with me? But as she gives herself fully to tend and keep where she is placed right now, it's positioning her for increase. That makes me happy, guys. So this year, in my, well, in my little COVID vacation, I um, I began making a list of my yeses to God. Making my own personal tending and keeping list. And, and my relationship with him, my relationship with my husband, my relationships with my children, my extended family, Boom, 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 boom. We're all instantaneously there. And then there were some things like the things that he's called me to in the service in our own home church. Um, the things that he's called me to in service in GoFam Ministries. The book he's actually asked me to write for the past four years and I've yet to start. I have a file on my computer, so it's kind of started. Those are the things that are mine to tend and keep, right? And... Here's a verse, Genesis 6, 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. This is the kind of woman I want to be in the kingdom of God. I want to be uh, according to all that God commanded Amy. So she did. I want to be a so she did Christian. One that when he tells me, I say yes, and I take my yes seriously, and that I want to tend and keep those things. And if it means that I have to work, praise the Lord, because it's a gift from God. I get to abod those things, and it's a gift from him. We're going to, this is not the end of the message, but we're going to have a, a, a sacred break. And we're going to just take a moment, and I want all of you to find a sheet of paper and a pen, and I just want you to begin to quickly write down those things that come to your mind that you know the Lord has given to you now and in this season to abide. What is your yes? And kids, this includes you. You guys have things that the Lord has given you. You have siblings and parents. You have bedrooms. You have chores. You have schoolwork. You have friends that are all part of what the Lord has put you in the middle of in this time and in this season. And I just want you to get tangible with it. Who needs paper? Okay, let me find some. You have some paper? Oh, you're so good. She does envelopes and paper. <laughs> I know. Fred, is there a way we can do instrumental music? Or is everybody okay with the, the touch? Perfect. 
But just take a second. Holy Spirit loves to talk to us about these things. And he may even point out some things that you've said yes to that maybe aren't his yes. And that's okay. This is a great time to reshake those things.
So as you guys look at your list, is there anything is there anything on there that you feel like maybe there's some of the bondage of the Israelites in Egypt on? Anything that you feel like maybe you've, you're no longer in that place of Abad, in the Garden of Eden, do your work for the Lord. But maybe there's been a, I have to, I am in service to, or a little bit of that slavery mindset over your work. If there is, right now, I just put your, put your finger on that word. And I just release a freedom and a freshness over your spirits and your souls right now, over those areas, places that you maybe felt were, um, places that you were forced into or you're cornered into or the have-tos of life. And I just release freshness over those, freshness into your spirit and your soul right now. That you would feel the worship and the holiness of your labors. release that freshness right now. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you do a good work in us. And things that are kind of crooked and off kilter, you actually love to straighten. And that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Those crooked places he's made straight. And we just receive the freshness of the blood of the lamb over our life right now. Over our labors right now. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Well, when, when Adam and Eve were put into the Garden of Eden, he told them to tend it, but there's another word. What was the other word? Tend and this one's yummy too. This one's a yummy one. So I got my little Bible Hub app out and I looked up this word. Fred, my my uh, brain doesn't do music. Could you would you mind? I I can't I can't ignore squirrels. It's really not great. My whole family knows this. I can deal with a lot of volume, but I can't tone out, like, background. <laughs> My brain. So um, so the word keep, I looked this one up, and it means, it's shamar in the Hebrew, and it means to keep, watch, preserve, to have charge of, to hedge about, guard, protect, and attend. So I'm going to read that again. To keep watch, preserve, to have charge of, to hedge about, guard, protect, and attend. So the Lord has given us things that is ours to labor over, and then he asks us to protect them, to steward them, to shield them. And so there's a tending and a keeping in the kingdom of God. And this makes me super happy, like very happy. If you turn to Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, in your, in your digital Bible or your actual physical Bible, if you guys wouldn't mind turning there, Isaiah 62, 6, and 7. Give you just a sec. Because this is a yummy keeping verse. It says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. 
You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. And he gives no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The word watchman is the word shamar. It's the keeping portion of our original our original placement in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep. So when we are praying about our children, we are actually keeping them. When we are praying into things that are happening in the church, we are standing as watchmen or official keepers in our position in the kingdom of God. And I think that's really exciting. Because when we think about why Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, what they were given to do, it is not complicated for us to do these things. And so when you take those 10 minutes to go around your home and pray over your children's beds, you are being a valiant woman and man of God who is stepping into that place of keeping her home. And when you take a second and you pray over your neighbor who you know is suffering from depression and she's struggling and you step into that place and you begin to pray for her, you are doing what was given to Adam and Eve to do. We are the watchmen, the keepers of the kingdom of God. And guess what? I am not asked to pray for your neighbor. I don't know them, but you guys are. And that's what makes us the strategic people of the kingdom of God. Because we have been put strategically in the exact placement heaven wanted you. So that you can do the tending and keeping that are necessary for your realm of influence. So when you have the random thought, man, I should bring chocolate chip cookies to my neighbors. Bring the, you know... It's like you're infusing kingdom on a plate of cookies. We can't see these things of just, I'm just being nice. No, you're not. No, you're not just being nice. You are being strategic. And it can look like cookies. It's time that we stop letting the enemy downplay the role we've been given. And we step into our tending and keeping. And we, and we say yes to it. Just like Noah, and thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Not all of us are going to be asked to build an ark. But if you're asked to bring chocolate chip cookies to your neighbor, will you do it? Why? We don't want to be like Naaman, belittling the small things. He was too proud to want to go dip in the river. Make the cookies. Just make them. We are important, and there's no such thing as a too small of a task. So, what are we tending and keeping for? Is it just for us or for our families? Why? Why did God tell them, put them in the Garden of Eden and ask them to tend and keep it for him? Does anybody know? To spread the Garden of Eden across the whole face of the earth, right? The Garden of Eden had its boundaries. But Adam and Eve, if you listen to our family message, um, usually this comes in a male voice because Johnny always teaches on this. But he gave Adam and Eve 
what was theirs to do. And their children were to take it and continue the spread so that the whole entire globe began to look like the Garden of Eden. And that is still the mandate on your family today. And one plate of cookies at a time, we can do it. When we say our powerful yes and do what he's asked us to do, we are making the world look more like the kingdom of God every step we take. And children, guess what? When you go to that fantastic quarry over there that has the best jumping platform, I don't dive on it, I can't call it a diving platform. It is amazing, but you bring the kingdom of God to the quarry. You're not just going there to have fun, you leak You leak the kingdom of God over every single person that's around. And so we, as we step into our daily things, it's time to put on our kingdom crowns. Because I am a royal toilet scrubber. I clean up vomit like no one else. And I'm royalty. Mm Mm-hmm. We let you do that. (laughs) Fred is a royal vomit cleaner upper. Yes, he is. And it's good. It's king. It's kingdom and it's holy. And so I was thinking about all of this and the verse Luke 12, 29 through 32 came to me and it says, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we are not trying to coerce God to come alongside our plate of cookies and make it kingdom. It says here that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but pleasure, it seems like it's innately good. Like we don't need to add in the word good to like know that pleasure is a good thing, right? But they want to make sure we know it. So they add the good pleasure. I don't know what other kind of pleasure there could be. But it it, it seemed important that we know that it's not just any old pleasure, but it's good pleasure. It's like in Genesis when God talks about there's good gold in the Garden of Eden. I didn't know there was any other kind, but sometimes the Lord really wants us to understand. This is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so, Fred, when you are working as a physical therapist, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God in that place. His good pleasure. I looked this word up too, and it means to take delight, to think well of, to be well pleased, to be resolved, and to think it is good. There's another spot where this exact same word, and you probably are already thinking about it, this exact same word is used in the book of Matthew. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The well-pleased of God and the good pleasure of God, same word in the Greek. Think about how much pleasure the father had. He had been waiting 
couple three, four thousand, how many thousands of years? Maybe five. Let's go with five thousand years from creation to here's his son. He has been building up some good pleasure for this moment when he sees his son come into the fullness of who he's meant to be. He is being called and he is being commissioned by the Holy Spirit to step in to 5,000 years worth of destiny. And this is what's being released over him. The eudokio of God. You can help me with that later. So this very good pleasure of God. It's a deep, deep pleasure that he's releasing on his son. And that's the same pleasure that he uses to give us the kingdom. He made the world eight-ish thousand years ago, and he put Adam and Eve in the garden and asked them to tend and keep. I think that he wants to help us do what's ours to do today. And so here we are saying, yes, I want to do the things you've given me, Daddy. I want to say yes, as Noah did. That's all I want. And he's saying, me too. Me too. Heaven is in full agreement with what's on your life. He's in full agreement with you and the things that are on your life. He's in full agreement with me finding time to write a book. He's in agreement. I don't have to strive for that. I rest under the good pleasure of God, and so do you. This is my beloved girl in whom I am well pleased. So he doesn't just say do it and then not give us some assistance. So in Matthew chapter 2, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here we are, his kids stepping into the yes of what he's called us to do, called us to tend and keep. And he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and fire to do it. That sounds good to me. Because Amy Clausen alone can't do it. But Amy Clausen filled with the Holy Spirit and fire can change the world. Vivian Whitmer filled with the Holy Spirit and fire can change the world. Because she is a valiant one in the kingdom of God. So I looked up the word fire. Are you ready for this? It transforms all it touches into light, Dad. And lightness with itself. So it transforms all it touches into light and likeness with itself. So when I am consumed with the fire of God, I am transformed into light and the likeness of God himself. Ho! That'll mess with you just a titch. I think there's no excuse 
Because the Holy Spirit and fire are our helpers to do all that we're given to do. So, so many times when I feel the Lord giving, asking me to do something, you know, I'll have, you know, my, honestly, my first is, God, I don't have time for that. And if you looked at my physical world, you could probably come up with some physical proof to come into agreement with that. But I tell you what, without fail, every single time the Lord has said, yes, but I want you to do this. He has provided a way for it to happen every single time. And I just, I'm like, wow, you're asking me that. I can't wait to see what you do to make that happen. I remember when he called us into ministry, like eight or so years ago. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if you counted, but I'm pregnant with our eighth child. You know, I don't, I don't know if you did the math, but I kind of have a full plate. And, and he began talking to me and sharing with me some strategies. And one of my biggest concerns was as a homeschool mom, my days were full. And I had to plan school. I had to execute school. I had six children in school at the time. I just, there was no time. And then they all like to eat. I, my kids don't want to eat once a day. I have tried. They aren't interested. And so, you know, just that alone, I was like, there isn't time. How can you possibly be calling us into ministry? And he began to give me strategies. And one of them is he brought a curriculum into my life that was just perfect and said, there, use that. And it freed up so much of my time. I'm like, you're really good at this. Good idea. And so I know that for every one of you, and you say, God, I can't possibly do that. He will remove something, rearrange something, bring someone alongside. Because he has the Holy Spirit and fire to help us accomplishment. And there is nothing that the Holy Spirit and fire can't do. Nothing. And so I just release that over you, that our excuses of, I don't know, have you seen my past? I'm not the girl to ask to go into that purity ministry. I can't possibly, because if anybody finds out my past, they'll know I'm a fraud. I don't think that fear or any of our excuses are going to fly. And you know, one of the reasons I think that is, I don't, have you guys read the parable of the is it the minus the in Luke 19, 11 through 27, where the Lord gives, you know, the, the 10 minus the five minus the one or the two, I, you know, that story. And the guy that gets the 10, he goes and gets 10 more. The guy that gets the five, he goes and gets five more. And then the one guy, he, he sits on it and says, master, here's your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. I was really worried that you'd be mad at me, so I just kept it here. What was God's response to the minor man? Like, be gone with you, right? And he took the mine and gave it to somebody else. I don't think our excuses or fear is a valid excuse in the kingdom of God. Fear doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. So if there's something that the Lord's asking you to do and you have some yeah, but some fears, some rational reason that other people looking at your world say, hey, this just can't work. I think that God doesn't care. I think that he wants to touch it with his fire, transform it into the light and the likeness of God, and then show you the way to step into it. 
Don't think that you're going to come to God with your fears that he's going to put his arm around you and say, it's okay. It's okay for you to be afraid. Fear doesn't exist with him. He's going to say, you know what? If you're afraid, let's let that be gone now. It's time for our fear to go. I'm not going to allow you to be afraid any longer. And he blows with his fire of transformation through you. So if you have some yabbits in your life that are like a kissing cousin to fear, maybe it's time to light them on fire. Maybe it's time to light them on fire. Because it says that fire transforms all it touches into light and likeness with itself. And I don't know about you, but I want to be transformed into the light and likeness of God more than anything else. And I know that's your heart's desire too. And my, my personal yeah, buts right now, it's about my book because I, I, I physically don't know yet how the time, how the energy, how all of that's going to work. I don't know. But I think for me, it's time that all my excuses are lit on fire. I think it's time because if I want to be a girl who does all that the Lord asks, how can I ever possibly write the second book he's asking me to write if I never start the first? How can we advance to the next thing we're desiring if we don't say yes to the first and actually do it? So, Daddy, I am so thankful for your goodness. I am so thankful for where you have put each and every one of us strategically, strategically placed right where you want us. You've given us things to tend and to keep. You've heard our yeses. And right now, we just receive the fire that transforms us into the like and likeness of God. We are so thankful that we don't have to have all the answers, that we don't have to cognitively understand, that when we say yes to you, you show us. Noah built a boat when there were no boats. He expected rain when he didn't know what it was. So we give you permission to bypass our understanding and let us step into the place of the Spirit of God that sees things that are not as if they are. That our eyes and our ears and our senses would be lit on fire by the Holy Spirit and we would begin to see times, seasons, situations through new lenses. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy.
Last night, Johnny talked about dominion and the radah, the naming that we get to do. And I just want you to take a second and I want you to think about the things that you're tending and keeping and what you're naming them. What is your radah that's going forth about your job? What is your radah that's going forth about your children and your husband? What is your radah that's going forth about your pastor or your church? What are you naming the things that the Lord's asked you to tend and keep? Because it matters. You guys are strategic kids. Lit on fire by the kingdom of God. And transforming all it touches with every plate of cookie. Your neighbors lit on fire. With every load of laundry, the residents are lit on fire. With every time you help somebody rehab their arm, they're lit on fire. Because fire is what you carry. Thank you, Daddy. Amen.